नमस्कार दिस इज अखिलेश भार्गव वेलकम टू टिटबिट्स ऑन बिजनेस एंड फाइनेंस विद मी द रेजोल्यूशन ऑफ एनी नेशनल क्राइसिस व्हिच हिट्स ग्रोथ और व्हिच डिसरप्ट्स द नॉर्मल इकोनॉमिक प्रोसेस ऑफ प्रोडक्शन एंड कंजम्पशन इन अ कंट्री इट जनरली एलिसिट्स अ कॉम्बिनेशन ऑफ अ मॉनेटरी रिस्पांस एंड अ फिजिकल रिस्पांस टू फ्रॉम द अथॉरिटीज a fiscal policy response comes from the government finances and depending on what the economic problem or calamity is it could either mean an increase or a cut in government expenditure or it would otherwise mean more taxes or maybe less taxes being imposed by the government depending on what the crisis is all about a heated economy would face tax rate increase and cuts in government expenditure in order to arrest runaway uncontrolled growth and to also balance it however in the case of weakening of growth or on the onset of a recession on the other hand it would mean a jump in government expenditure and tax rate cuts in order to prop up growth a fiscal resolution thus means that the government is firing the guns from its on shoulders seeking to resolve the crisis on the table it is either willing to sacrifice its own taxes or it is willing to even sacrifice its own finances or vice versa the ability of the government to do so however depends upon the state of the government's own finances and also its political will to do so but then a response to an economic crisis is not always fiscal since a fiscal policy response directly impacts and erodes government finances which are often emaciated therefore monetary policy initiatives where the government does not spend or sacrifice its own finances are a popular substitute to it we see more of that happening nowadays a monetary policy action or response involves the nation's monetary authority which happens to be reserve bank of india in our case and that authority tinkers with the money supply and interest rates in order to stimulate growth or to slow it down or to arrest and mitigate rising inflation as we see nowadays a heated economy with elevated inflation demands interest rate hikes and withdrawal of surplus money supply as the monetary policy response to it and where the need is to boost growth in an economy one sees interest rate cuts and an increase in money supply as a monetary policy thrust it however needs careful balancing and fine tuning between sacrificing growth to tame inflation or supporting growth with the pain of a price rise a prudent monetary policy demands an optimum sacrifice ratio between the two which is fiscal policy and monetary policy with the primary aim being to support growth in an economy in either of the situations the experience in india has been that with the state of the government finances being generally fragile and weak wherever possible the government always prefers a monetary policy response as its first option to tackle an economic crisis choosing to therefore fire the gun from the reserve bank's shoulders first it prefers the monetary policy option as its first option the government prefers to not disturb its own state of finances and it nudges the reserve bank of india to initiate monetary policy measures 
through an appropriate monetary policy as the situation may demand. For example, that's just what happened in India in 2008 when the world faced an economic meltdown and recessionary conditions looked evitable. Growth seemed to be slipping in India also. The Indian government chose to avert any pressure on growth impulses in the economy by encouraging and forcing banks to lend copiously and recklessly, such that within a span of five years, the total loans in the banking system in India shot up three times from about 18 lakh crore rupees in 2008 to about 52 lakh crore rupees in 2013 in just a matter of five years. The economy was thus flooded with money which provided temporary artificial growth. That money boosted consumption and investment fueled by loans and not by savings. And it gave a misleading picture that all is well, which it was not. The fact was growth was not there. It was just being artificially propped up. And how long would that continue? With real growth not being there, it seeded the NPA crisis which played havoc with banks and the Indian economy in the later years and growth of the Indian GDP took a huge beating thereafter. Even the government response in 2020 and 2021 to battle the COVID-induced economic slowdown involved the Reserve Bank of India doing most of the heavy lifting, ensuring that the economy was awash with tons of low-cost surplus liquidity. The hope was that borrowing will take place to invest and spend and growth will come back. Interest rates were pruned and kept low by the Reserve Bank of India and the banking system had a peak surplus fund of about 10 lakh crore rupees under a loose monetary policy which was pursued by the Reserve Bank of India. That was the first option that the government chose. It is due to this that whenever there is a threat to economic growth or where there is a danger of the economy going into a slump, that the monetary authority loosens the levers of liquidity through what is popularly known as QE, quantitative easing. The purpose is to flood the economy with funds in order to stimulate growth. The authority pursues a loose monetary policy of low-cost excess liquidity, hoping that it will tempt borrowing to either spend or to invest, which in turn will boost national growth. These monetary policy initiatives are meant to be temporary measures to support and boost a weak economy with the hope that when the economy gains strength and growth returns, there will be normalization and that these measures will be rolled back in such a manner that there is a soft landing of the economy. Since what is ideally needed is an optimum monetary policy, which is neither too loose nor too tight, therefore, Whenever very loose or very tight policy is followed, it necessarily is reversed by the authorities after the problem is resolved. Let us talk about the recent monetary policy responses of the USA, which have been rocking the world economy and which have also rocked stock markets worldwide. The US had infused massive sums of money after 2008 in its economy in order to rescue its beaten economy. These sums were later gradually pulled out as part of a normalization. It was pulled out slowly and that did it good. It was over a decade that it completed its cycle of pumping in liquidity and later withdrawing it after nurturing its economy back.
back to health, making it much better than what it was in 2008. The USA again pumped in massive sums of money in its economy in 2020 and 2021 in order to battle the debilitating impact of COVID on its economy. During these two years, the US pumped in over $3.15 trillion in its economy since the pandemic had disrupted the basic economic process of demand supply, production consumption and income and expenditure in the American economy. It had contracted its GDP and it had threatened to close down millions of American companies, if not financially support, which would unleash an employment and political crisis there. Thus, 2008 it pumped in massive money and then in 2020 and 21 it has again done so. To support the doddering economy, the American government provided direct and indirect financial support to its citizens and enterprises such that the size of the balance sheet of the US Fed, the US Federal Reserve Bank, expanded from $5.81 trillion in April 2020 to a humongous $8.97 trillion in April 2022. Over $3 trillion was released in the economy during this period. The impact of such massive infusion of funds into the American economy was multifold, though the primary purpose was to prevent a slump in its economy. What this massive money thus did and resulted in was, the first, it built a massive artificial consumer demand in America fueled by this artificial and unreal surplus liquidity in the system. Second, such liquidity was unreal and dangerous since it did not have the support of any tangible wealth or income and it was bound to create distortions in the economy very soon, which is what has happened. The third, these surplus funds sloshed around global markets, building an artificial boom in capital markets, in crypto markets, in venture capitalists and startups, and every other asset. All asset values went berserk and they have created huge imbalances in the American and in the global economy and global markets too. The fourth, with easy money around, borrowers were willing to borrow to spend, thus creating a temporary unsustainable surge in demand there. It gave temporary spurt to demand for jobs and unemployment, but as we said, it was temporary. The next, interest rates plummeted in America, boosting corporate profits. Further, the easy money resulted in reckless and imprudent lending in America and those loans are likely to go bad. And finally, it gave the American public a false sense of happiness and prosperity founded on what we call debt and dole. These kinds of measures are like steroids, which do give instant relief and a feeling of good health, but their side effects are toxic and they prove to be worse than the very cure. What this massive infusion of over $3 trillion has done is to build up huge levels of national debt and weaken the American finances. With further infusion of funds now stopped, the party there is over and harsh reality stares in the face. The ongoing Ukraine war has only aggravated the hardships there. Inflation in USA is at a multi-decade record high. The economy there is headed into a recession and thereafter, joblessness is imminent. 
with untamed inflation being a political disaster in USA and a sure shot recipe to lose elections, the monetary policy there is now being hurriedly reversed in order to battle the inflation beast. Thus, the reversal of a loose monetary policy has already begun in the USA with a massive rise in interest rates in the past two months and much more being on the cards in the coming quarters. These rate cuts and tight monetary policy are expected to cool only demand-based inflation in the US, but it is already crippling other economies as foreign funds desert other economies at a fast pace. With rising interest rates, money is flowing back into the American economy at a rapid speed. It has caused huge turmoil in global stock markets, in currency markets, in crypto markets and every other asset class where foreign funds had boosted asset values. The money that was chasing startups and IPOs is also out of the game as it heads back to the US, crashing those markets too. The impact of monetary withdrawal by the US on worldwide markets will be far more severe than ever before since the withdrawal is on a sudden and sharp mode giving little opportunity to emerging markets to adjust their own policies. It is going to be a hard landing for many an economy because of this hurried withdrawal. A hurried withdrawal or tightening of monetary policy leaves many more injured than revived. But that will not deter the US Fed from increasing interest rates in the coming months. Global funds are bound to flee to the USA, triggering a collapse of stock markets in emerging economies like India. A hard landing could be imminent. It is at such a time that nations like India need to ensure that their monetary policy and fiscal policy is tuned well enough to ensure that despite the US's hurried withdrawal, the impact on their economies is not as bad as it would be where the withdrawal is hurried and sudden as we are seeing. This is Akhilesh Bhargav signing off till we meet again. Namaskar.